Please turning your Bibles to the book of Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. And be ready in those other passages there if you want to follow along. What a God we have. Sometimes we take it for granted, but here I've been wanting to preach this week on Mary and the importance and the sacrifice that Mary went through. And then there you have that, that song, the Holy Spirit had her sing too. So it's just wonderful to work for him. He wants you. God wants you to be thinking about the real meaning of Christmas. As Nancy sang, and then as Marcia sang, we have to remember, yes, the presents are wonderful and great, and the food is wonderful and great. And by the way, I want to remind my wife to see Leslie before. Yeah. What? Oh, she already did, okay. Well, would you see me after service to make sure I see you? Maybe you don't know, Leslie has a uh, cookie and dessert and nice things uh, that she sells during the holidays. And so might want to see her afterwards, too. We'll set up a table in the back. No. Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 26. And in the sixth month, the sixth month of her cousin, of Mary's cousin, Elizabeth's pregnancy, that baby became John the Baptist. He was six months older than Jesus himself. The angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a, to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Espoused simply means under contract. To live in her, her own home for a year, but then the promise uh, was that a year from then they would be married. Mary was a virgin, a pure unspotted one. That's kind of hard these days. It's hard to be unspotted nowadays. You have to actually work at it. It doesn't just happen because uh, society is so much against it. They want you spotted. They want you sexually active or sexually thinking. But she was a, a virgin. Christ's mother was a virgin because Jesus was not to be born by ordinary means. He was to be born miraculously. It was necessary that he should be so that though he must partake of the nature of man, yet not of the corruption of man's nature. But Jesus was born of a virgin, espoused, contracted to be married, and to put honor upon the, the married state. James chapter 1 Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Two things, to serve, to serve others who are in need. 
to keep ourselves unspotted from the world. James 1.27 Mary lived in, a Na in Nazareth, a city of Galilee, a remote corner of Israel. It was not known for religion. It was not known for learning. It bordered upon the heathen nations. Its northern border was heathen, un-Jewish. Un Therefore, it was often called the Galilee of the Gentiles. Christ, having his family live there, shows the future favor held in reserve for us, the Gentiles. You're a Gentile. If you're non-Jewish, you're a Gentile. And Jesus came for the Gentiles as well. Christ, having his family live there, shows the future favor he held for the non-Jewish the non people. And it also shows that great things can be achieved from humble beginnings. The message of the angel to Mary, verse 28. And the angel came in to her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Mary just learned three things. One, Mary learned that God thought she was valuable. Maybe not valued much by men, but in God's estimation, she was highly favored. Thou art highly favored. So, be careful. Don't trust what man thinks of you. Trust only what God thinks of you. You're not trying to fit into an ungodly society. And I speak to our, our younger generation right now. You're not trying. You shouldn't be trying. The world is pressurizing you to become like them. You can become like them anytime. They can never become like you again. I just encourage you to trust only what God thinks of you. There's something I said years ago. Man's esteem, self-esteem, or God-esteem. Years ago, it was the thing back in the 80s for youth pastors to teach their, uh, their youth to have a healthy self-esteem. I went beyond that. And I, and I suggested that instead of having self-esteem, develop God-esteem. Listen, you are very valuable to God. He died, gave his life for your soul. He gave his life for you. And even now, will stand at your side every day while, while you're here on earth. And you're later, your heaven will be glorious. But try to have God esteem, not man's esteem, that's for sure. What makes you popular? I'm talking to the school age. What makes you popular in school? Probably doesn't make you popular in heaven. Psalms 139, this is actually called the teenager psalm. I will praise thee. For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works. And that my soul 
knows right well. My soul is comfortable knowing that God made me and he has a plan for me. And it generally doesn't mean fitting into man's esteem. Wow. Mary learned that she had the presence of God with her. This is my favorite. For me personally, to know that God is with me at all times, the Lord is with thee, the angel said. Nothing is to ever be despaired of if Jesus is with you. You're not afraid to go anywhere if Jesus is with you. This word put her in mind of the term Emmanuel, meaning God with us, which a virgin shall conceive and bear. Matthew 1. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. I gave God a ride yesterday in my car. I gave God a ride yesterday morning at 5.30 in the morning because Pastor Rodney likes to go very early on my four-wheeler. And my four-wheeler is not really that trustworthy. And I just said, okay, Lord, it's you and me. You've got to keep me on the road. You've got to keep me safe as we rode up the mountain at an angle like this. No, not really. God with me. God with me. Is God with you? You don't understand. He is. Oh, but the value there is to you if you remember He's with you at all times. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call His name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Mary had also learned that she had the blessing of God upon her. Blessed art thou among women. You can have that too. Blessedness comes from God. It means you're valuable. It's, it means you're so important to God. Happiest. The happiest people don't necessarily have the best of everything. They make the best of everything that they have. Let that seep into your heart and your soul. Those, those that, have, that have everything are miserable secretly. They have no, they, anything they desire they can buy, they can have. But those, those that have the best of everything and they make the best of it. Listen, you need to be careful. You need to be careful. This world and commercialism just simply wants you to buy more, to buy more, and then to see if you're happy, to get happier if you buy this product or that product, which, by the way, I might get happier if, well, we'll talk later. No, we are to make the best of what we do have, and stop complaining and lusting for other things. Think on that. Please be, please be a sponge. 
I ask you to be ready in Matthew chapter 5. Let's talk about what makes, what should be making us happy. The word blessing, the word blessed means happiest. Happiest. Happiest art thou among women, the angel said to Mary. Matthew chapter 5, verse 3. Sermon on the Mount. One of his most, maybe his most, his most famous message. Three chapters in the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 5, chapter 6, and chapter 7. Read it sometime soon. Matthew chapter 5, verse 3. Jesus said, Blessed. Oh, I'm not going to have this on here, am I? Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Verse 4, instead of the word blessed, I'm going to write happiest. Happiest are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. What? Happiest are they that cry over their sin. They just hate when they commit sin, when they fail God. Happiest are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. The word meek literally has a connotation as not proud and angry, no anger. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. Read that again. Happiest. Happiest are they that are, which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Happiest are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed, happiest are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Happiest are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. To be persecuted for righteousness. I want to talk to the youth again. To be persecuted for being a strong Christian in school, on the bus, in the neighborhood. Happiest are they that are persecuted for it. Verse 11, happiest are you when men shall revile you. That means make fun of you. Happiest are they when they persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. You want to be happy? Study that list. Practice that list. And God will make sure that you have happiness. The quandary she was in. Let's talk about that in verse 29. And when she saw him, the angel, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this is. A strange man, probably all aglow, comes to him and with Perfect appearance and perfect diction, perfect pickup line. She's, he says, blessed are you. Huh. 
Her thoughtfulness upon this occasion gives a very useful warning to our girls. When addresses are made to them, for them to consider in their minds what type of greetings they are receiving and where they come from and what their purpose is, that they may know how to receive the come-ons that they get. And I guess it's men too, the boys too, that they might learn how to receive the come-ons, to receive the attention for, from others to receive the flirtations that come their way. And consider, if you would, adults, don't listen to this. I want the youth to hear it. Consider, if you would, what the person that's trying to flirt with you, an unknown, an unknown entity, you don't know them, consider what they were just looking at on their telephone, on their computer. Remembering it's a new world out there. It's not like it used to be for us adults. Wow. Wow. I want you to look with me uh, at this phrase. Be on guard. Parents, this ought to be a big sign on your door as your youth go out to school, as they go out on uh, to activities. Be on guard. Keep your head and heart on a swivel. The angel's message, verse 30. Hope you're still with me. Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Wow. I have no other purpose than to assure you that you have found favor with God. More than you even understand. There are Many who think they are more favored with God than they really are. Think of that. But those that have found favor with God should not give in to worry, to fear. If you have found favor with God, trust Him no matter what. Though she is a virgin, she shall have the honor of being a mother. And behold, verse 31, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and thou shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David and he shall reign over the house of Israel, Jacob forever, and his kingdom. There shall be no end. And to those of you who have been coming to Wednesday night's Bible studies on the book of Revelation, this should have a special appeal to us. In his kingdom, there shall be no end. We have more information upon her questioning the virgin birth. It is just a question which she makes. She says, how can this be? I've never been with a man. I've kept all men at arm's length. And that was their, their rule. Uh, in my youth group, we had the six-inch rule. It never worked. <laughs> Romance and love overcomes the six inches. But, wow. 
How can this be? How can I have a baby when, thou, when I know not a man or I have no, had no intimate relations? Then the angel said, How shall this be? It's the Holy Spirit. He answers her. He's going to uh, overcome you. Girls, she did not have a proud bone in her body. She had, was pure humility, pure sweetness. And when God looked over his kingdom and he needed a sweet, sweet serving mother, he chose Mary. Ladies, become a Mary. Do your very best to be the kind that God would choose if he had a special, a special job for you. Oh, that's right. For many of you, he has a special job for you, for you to raise your children as sweetly and purely and as spiritually as you can. That's your calling. Wow. It is also a satisfactory answer that is given. The angel says, The Holy Ghost shall come upon you. That which is born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Wow, power, the power of the highest will be on him. And this child conceived is a holy thing. Now here's the problem. Our children, to us, we consider holy and sweet and pure. But at birth, at birth, maybe even conception, they also have received the, the sin of Adam, the sin of Adam and Eve the curse of human sin and nature upon them. I remember, I hope it wasn't one of you, but I was at a, at, in the nursery, at, in the hospital, looking at a newborn baby just hours and hours old, and the, the father was standing beside me, and I looked into the baby and I said, and I said something like, now remember, you're a sinner. That didn't go over well. But as we are born, we are born sinners and need a Savior. Wow. There was an encouragement to her faith to be told that her cousin Elizabeth, though stricken in years, she was much older, stricken in years, she, that Elizabeth Elizabeth was with child. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, who had also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. Why? For with God, nothing is impossible. The angel assures Mary of this, and Kurt to encourage her faith, and concludes with that great truth of undoubted certainty and universal use for with God, nothing is impossible. And if nothing, then not this. No word of God must be considered incredible to us as long as no work of God 
is impossible to him. And I'm guilty. One of my catchphrases are, are, wow, and I act shocked. And I am shocked so many times when God blesses me with something. Wow, I don't understand. I don't understand how God can be so good. And I'm guilty of questioning his goodness to me. But I want you to notice Mary's submission and why she was chosen. And maybe why you could be chosen. She says, Behold, verse 38. Behold, the handmaid. Now that means servant. The servant of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. And oh, that all of us could say that. According to thy word. And the angel left her. Behold, the handmaid of the Lord. I am at thy service to do what you command of me. And I believe we have folks in our, in our congregation right now that would submit to that. Give me a job. And maybe he already has. We just take it for granted. Give me, give me a purpose. And maybe he already has. And we take it for granted. We've been living with it so long. We take it for granted. We forget the responsibilities God has called us to. Behold, the handmaid, the servant of the Lord. I am at thy service. I want you to notice she's not worried about the spoiling of her marriage. She's not worried about the blemishing of her reputation or even the loss of friends. And I am sure when she showed up back home after visiting Elizabeth and she had that little bump on her, I am sure there was a lot of loss of friends and reputation and family. But what did she say? There was a downside to making yourself the handmaid of the Lord, the servant of the Lord. And I believe that she lost a lot of friends. I wonder if her family believed her. And we know that it took a, an angel to come to Joseph to make him believe her. She's not worried about the spoiling of her marriage and the blemishing of her reputation. She's not worried about the loss of friends. But she leaves the issue with God and she submits entirely to God's will. That's what we have to do. We have to learn to do that. She is a believer expecting divine divine favor. She is not only content that it should be so, but humbly desires that it would be so. Be it unto me according to thy word. You have, many of you have hard things in your lives. Many of you have had terrible things in your lives, some even now. Be careful. Not to blame God. Be careful. 
Speak unto me according to thy word. By prayer, we must put our amen to everything. So be it. If this is your will, I will do the best I can at enduring it as getting through it and using it for your good. Jesus, on the cross, he says, Father, take this cup. No, this was in the Garden of Gethsemane at the rock on the picture behind me. He knew what was going to happen in the next 12 hours. And he said this, Father, take this cup from me. Now the cup, the cup was filled with very hard, harsh, terrible things that no son of God should ever have to endure when he could just snap his fingers and everybody would be gone. But he endured that cross for us. Father, take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. We're to do our very best with what God has given us. But after we've done our very best, we need to be saying as Mary, then as her son, Jesus Christ said, thy will be done. I want you to remember that Mary was pure. We're called to be pure. It's a little different in that, it's only different in that we have so much pressure on us to not be pure, to not live holy lives. I'd like to read to you. I'd like to read to you from 1 Thessalonians 4, starting in verse 3, if you're there already. For this is God's will, even your sanctification. It's God's will for you to live lives sanctified, set apart from sin. It's the world's and the Satan's will for you to collapse and join everybody. It is God's will, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication. From fornication, sexual sins out of marriage. That every one of you should know how to possess his vessel, his body, in sanctification and honor. Not in the lust of concupiscence. That means just giving in and doing, doing whatever you want. Even as the Gentiles which know not God. That no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any matter. Because that the Lord is the avenger of all such, as we also have forewarned you and testified. For God hath not called us to uncleanness, but to holiness. There's a great calling, and it's a huge megaphone, calling you to uncleanness. There's a little still voice calling you to be pure. Be careful. I want to remind you, Mary had his presence. Mary, the Lord is with you, the angel said. Psalms 139, I'm not going to go there. I've run out of time. But Psalms 139, verse 3. Thou circles my path and my lying down. 
Thou art acquainted with all my ways. Speaking of the Lord, David said that. Mary was favored. Does God favor you? Yes. He wants to favor you. He wants to bless you. He wants you obeying. I believe that Mary was a nobody in her village, in her school. I believe that she was so humble. She wasn't the life of the party. She wasn't real silly or a clown. She didn't gather uh, the boys' attention. I think that she just simply was humble and loved the Lord God. Fear not, though the world be against you. Trust him no matter what. And in Romans 8.31, if God be for us, who can be against us? Psalms, I'm sorry, Isaiah 54, 1, no weapon that is formed against us shall prosper it, and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the inheritance the heritage of the servants of the Lord, that no weapon joined against it. Mary experienced the impossible. We can too. We can experience the impossible every time we imagine, we remember that Jesus is with us as well. And every time that we overcome sin, and temptation. We are experiencing the impossible. To have the power to do that. With God. Nothing is impossible. But apart from God. We can do nothing. As the musicians come. Would you close your eyes please. And bow your heads. And would you allow the Holy Spirit right now, to look into your hearts? Would you allow the Holy Spirit to call you right now in your pew to a, a pure life? Would you take a moment to confess your impure sins? Take a moment here in the pew with Him listening to your heart. If you have impure sins, to confess. Do it now. Or be held accountable to God when He knows of your impurity. He doesn't care what you did in the past. Only what you will do in the future. Take a moment as a musician plays through. Lord, you're so wonderful. You hear every word that we are saying, all of us together, many of us, Lord, seeking forgiveness for our sins, confessing our sins to you. And if done in true heart, Lord, you will forgive. Lord, we need the power to say no to say no with our 
our eyes, our ears, our mouth to say no to sin and temptation. Your power, with you at our side, it's easier. Let us, Lord, remember that you are Emmanuel. You are with us at all times. Lord, if there be someone here that maybe because of their life and the lifestyle they've chosen, they're not sure that should they die today, they would go to heaven. Should there be a rapture today that they would go to heaven or be left behind? Lord, if there's anyone like that and they want to know, they want to be sure, let them pray this prayer with me right in the quietness of their pew to you only with all their heart. They would say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I know the penalty for being a sinner is that I have to go to hell. I know on the cross you paid for my sins. Oh God, I'm so sorry. Forgive me. Wash my heart out. Make my heart white as snow as I leave here today. Take all the guilt. Take all the shame away. Come into my heart. Come into my life, Lord Jesus. With your heads bowed and eyes closed, if you just prayed that prayer and meant it, would you raise your hand that I might see? No one else is lurk, looking. Anyone? Yes, anyone else? Lord Jesus, we want to pray as one body for that one person and just ask you into their heart. And Lord, for the others of us, Lord, help us to move you from the porch of our life into the living room of our life. Thank you, Lord, that you gave it all up to come here. And then that you gave it all up to go back. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.